I know now what I want to say in my intro for my podcast. I'm going to start with a warning to other creatives. Create like it's your last podcast, last graphic, last painting, last blog post. There's so many forces out there that want us to be bland, and that is not possible with this fro. I have too many thoughts about celebrating us, reading what I want to read, pointing out donkeys, what links us together and shouldn't tear us apart. I also give you bonus content through Ten Fro's Bar on my Patreon and if you become a melanated nerd. I also will share content about getting the real tea on reality TV. Join me in this episode of Tim Fro is reading for the wild ride. And thank you for listening. So what is going on in the advertisement of it all? I've reached out to a media company that I've been doing some marketing with. And my numbers have kind of stagnated a little bit, but I'm still so much above where I was last year. And for that, I'm grateful. I think I'm going to have to also reach out to my platform to make sure during this period of kind of stagnation that my impressions also don't take a hit because I know sometimes you can get time, you can get, um, uh, you can time out and then the, the platform doesn't recognize your podcast. So I may need to get it reset uh, for the month of September. So I'm not going to be paying much attention to the drama that is my podcast, but I am going to take this opportunity to work on, I did get, I signed up for another creator source. I'm going to see how it works for a month to really push the monetization and sponsorship of my podcast based on previous results. And that I'm excited about. I'm going to be working on scheduling daily uh, content, but that kind of takes the fun out of it because I'm going to have to figure out what music to associate it with. Um, and get inspiration from the most unlikely sources. Anything to make the podcast work, work for me, and to do what I set out to do. Being able to have the podcast pay so I can create more content and not always have to worry about external forces coming after my position or being made to feel that way. I think when we all in the true entrepreneurial spirit, it's always good to be able to work for yourself because who would fire themselves? Who would make themselves just keep nitpicking and making up problems when there are none? But a true entrepreneur that is in control of their own destiny, it is truly freedom. And shoot, if I'm not going to win the lottery, why not? I need to do something, right? 
Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading tin for I can't go anywhere. Friends to know. Ways to grow. A reading tin A reading tin So, for another episode of Woke History, Democracy versus Constitutional Republic, or both. The more I research or do the background research for this part, of the show, I'm always asking myself, where was I in history class? What was I doing in government? I don't know. I don't know if I was partially asleep because I've mastered the ability to sleep and be in REM and sit straight up without bobbing and weaving way back in high school, but I digress. I do not Either I don't know if it was omitted or if I was lied to or I just was zoned out, but I do not remember any of these types of discussions happening while I was taking my history classes, world history, U.S. government, Virginia history, any of those required courses in high school. Virginia Beach school system, you owe my parents some money back or to their estates money because I think there's a big dichotomy in what we were actually taught in school, what I remember, and everything. I have been thinking about this since the last election and sovereign citizenship um, and what we've been actually talking about the war on democracy and how our democracy is in jeopardy. But in all honesty, we are, we have a form of democracy. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. Dude, we are a constitutional republic. The founding fathers never had the intention of making us a pure democracy. A democracy is a form of government that everybody has a say and the majority and the, and the majority speaks. But nothing would ever get done in a democracy in its purest sense because everybody has their own will and i don't think we could come up with a consistency we have two parties and a very silent smaller third and then we have these group of people that are truly a representation of a democracy because they don't want to be ruled by just one party and i always used to say that sovereign citizens are a perversion of democracy but in in it's the purest, 
It's the anti-democracy, really, because in a purest sense, a democracy is the will of the majority rules. But in essence, the way humanity works, getting to a consensus or a majority that outweighs the individual priority, it can never really work in its purest sense. Thus, sovereign citizenship. They pick and choose what rules work for them, and then they keep being obstructionists. But in the constitutional republic, and I hate anything with Republican in it, but in this case, it really does explain what the United States really is. It is not a pure democracy, but we do have the option to vote who we want to represent us and who is voted in doesn't necessarily represent the majority of what everybody thinks. For example, this Republican-controlled House, both state and national, does not represent anything that I care about. And in fact, I think we're paying a whole bunch of money to a bunch of people that are really doing nothing to support the actual people. My ideas are not fascist, so of course I'm not going to say that I, the Republicans that are in represent me. I think that, and the Democrats are for the most part hypocritical, but who's that's neither here nor there. But what I will not use is what the election deniers are trying to gaslight us with. Just because we are a constitutional republic and they call into, they basically call into suspicion probably one of the most safest voting systems in the world. They basically said we must have stolen it because they were not able to manipulate the system to actually for them to steal the election. The way the checks and balances are basically set up, they can't overrule anything that they have no evidence that doesn't work. Uncounted ballots, that's not true. Ballots and some type of manipulation of balloting system. They say mail-in votes are, are suspect, but then they have people removing ballot boxes in certain neighborhoods, or they just redraw the districts. But they keep doing all of this shenanigans and we still have fair elections because, and you can't manipulate. And that's what's kind of weird is what's going on in Alabama, trying to basically redraw the districts in defiance of federal law. But they're running up against a 96% win weight juggernaut. Good luck with that, y'all. And the more you try to repress people's ability to exercise their right to vote, the more people are going to do everything they can to vote. So nurse to you, you can try to expunge uh, voting rolls. You can try to cheat, but you really can't cheat a system. And you can't use the fact that we are not a pure democracy. Yes, we are a constitutional republic. We do vote for who will run well us. And I think people are going to basically, once you understand it, and we start holding these lawmakers and politicians 
to their job description and try to look up because that's what the inter- interweb does. We can also find out what exactly you're doing sitting on our dime. And if people would start to say, well, I vote with my tax dollars. So if we, if you getting paid a salary to do a job, but you ain't doing the job, then why are you still in? That's all I got to say. Why are you still in? And that's the question. I'm not going to accept explanations or some revisionist uh, history from people that don't have my will and my well-being at heart. I'm not going to vote for a bunch of lying people because if you either straight up lie to me like the fascists do, or you smile in my face and you say I am your ally, blah, 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 but then you don't do anything, I'm going to hold both of you with the evidence from multiple sources, confirmed sources, before I vote for anybody. And I'm also getting tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. Viable candidates for the seat and making sure we know the records and what you said and what you've done to basically enact what you said. So, and that's why I'm going to be paying attention to the 90, I got nine, and really I have 91 reasons and 75 million reasons to keep an eye on the trials of Trump because number one, if he doesn't get convicted of even one of those RICO and that food does not go to jail for any certain period of time, I think all of us should be very worried about the state of our judicial system because also if Clarence Thomas don't get sat down for his taking those gifts, yeah, we got a whole bunch of side eye that's going to need to go on this. Balance of power, conflict of interest. I got to sign that thing every single year for my corporate job. Clarence Thomas works for one of the biggest corporations in the world, the United States government. And what he's doing looks like conflict of interest. If I can get fired for not signing it or doing something stupid, why can't he be forced to resign? He don't got to go home, but he can't stay on the Supreme Court. And what about Rico and the untoward that I'm sure that fool had knowledge of? Because we got him on tape too. Asking Roethlisberger, the State Secretary of State of Georgia to find him some votes. Really? Really, bro? He just, the privilege of it all is just astonishing. And you talk about that is the kind of stuff that will give you to side-eye the government. The re, the Alabama ignoring the illegal redistricting, rewriting and writing out a whole contribution to people and the effects of slavery and racism on our politics. Really, y'all can't really think that the American public at large is that stupid. And that's why I'm gonna continue these segments because the more I learn, the more I have realized the gap 
in my knowledge base and what I need to do to continue to increase my knowledge and understanding and why I can't fall for the okie doke because I run, I stay, have to stay on ready and you have to be informed because people will pull the wool over your eyes every single time based on, and you can ignorantly follow people to your detriment when you should have basically left them at the starting gate every single time. Knowledge is power for real. And knowledge of our history and application to the mis to do differently when you know differently is a real thing. To my homegirl, Aquita J.L. Moore, Najee. Lift every chair and swing till all them white folks scream. Thought y'all could run up on our black king. I'm glad the squad pulled up, dedicated to knock if you buck. May it resound loud as the rolling sea. Throw your hats high in the air until up comes with the chair. Swim the seas until our cousins come and they rescue me. Let this be a lesson to y'all. Remember the Montgomery brawl where white folks fucked around and they found out. Searching for my lost shit, checker of soul. Some people claim that there's a woman to blame, but I know <laughs> it's nobody's fault. That is a little bit of a rendition from the late great Jimmy Buffett, who passed away. I think he was in his 70s, undisclosed illness just last week. And why not start off the pop culture tea segment with that little bit of tea? I have been a Jimmy Buffett fan even before I even, I guess, like most people, even before you even knew who he was. And I was a little bit, oh, that, oop. Why did I think that uh, Jimmy Buffett also did Sweet Caroline? I'm glad, that's Neil Diamond. Sorry, y'all, glad I didn't do that. But I also was just, he has a very long and significant life and times. His place down in the Keys, um, I went to Margaritaville. I think that's namesake down in Lake Lanier. I won't go back to Lake Lanier because it's too many. It's like a floating tomb. A watery morgue is what Lake Lanier is. 
but that Margaritaville RV parking resort was dope. Also, the lead singer from Smash Mouth also passed away. Rest in power. What's this dude's name? I was just cruising page six. And I came across this and I realized that, oh, Steve Hardwell. Hey, now you're a rock star. Uh uh. Oh, play. He actually had been in hospice. He was uh, suffering from complications of liver failure. He finally passed away. I believe it was either late last night or earlier this morning. But that's what he, former lead singer of Smash Mouth, and everybody remembers that song. This was, it was a real bop. What else is going on in pop culture news? A bit of news, Kanye West and his wife, Bianca Sensori, the lookalike of Kim Kardashian. And she's taking on now, she's a blonde taking on, it's like she they follow Kim's series from the alter culture stealing butt injection white girl to now the really alter white girl and now that she's coming white white. But they're banned because now Kanye is out here dropping trial on boats and not in and then the boat owners like, yeah, he can't stay. There's a whole bunch of other garbagey news. Britney Spears raging on Instagram, twirling her way, getting many tattoos. She's basically swirling out of um, control. Well, I don't think so. I think she's just living her best white life. And she's just swirling and literally twirling as, you know, the marriage that she said she wanted and got, and now they're divorcing and he's contesting the uh, prenuptial agreement. Joe Jonas one of the Jonas Brothers and his wife, Sophie Turner. Don't know who that is. They're splitting up. But probably other good news is we're getting ready to be meet Daniela Luna, the first black supermodel that's coming out on probably Max now, not just HBO, on um, September 13. She died at the ripe old age of 33, of course, from heroin overdose. She's gorgeous but trouble and use drugs. Her daughter, Dream Kanzaniga, Dream Kanzaniga, I think she will be in that story too. So I'm putting that on my calendar to actually see when that drops. Also, what else in good black news? Oh, that house is dope. That looks like a Sears house too. Detroit's historic black women's clubhouse preserved through the national grant. Also, freedom schools open in Florida to teach black history because you know, the their Fuhrer DeSantis is trying to not only dumb down public education, but also erase our contributions in black history. Well, of course, that means we're going to actually have to basically teach it on our own or learn from people like me that do woke history just uh, to tick off all the 
Republicans and these United Fascist Republican state of America, states of America. The Shady Bunch, the Shady Bunch. I hope turning up for checks to pay for fake lifestyles were to be a part of the Shady Bunch. Yep. The flip table heard around the world. That's the fight between Erica Mena and Spice on it just aired last weekend, but they've been talking about this. This was actually on their website, just Instagram page just recently. It was not just a table flip because we've seen people like Teresa Gudice. Who else flipped a table on, tried to flip a table on somebody? Shaking the table. Eric, um, Michelle K. <laughs> she was crazy as hell. But anyways, K. Michelle, my bad. But it was the after remarks where a non-black, because Erica Mena, I think, is of uh, Hispanic ancestry. And even though she dates black men, with Safari being the most recent, she, and she's been on all of this clearly black franchise. I think she forgot herself when she basically called Spice a blue monkey and then followed it up with making monkey sounds. And we all know that watch this franchise, Love It Hip Hop Atlanta, that is, that the colorism was, is a serious thing to the point where Spice went on an international show uh, pointing it out, the bleaching creams and everything that happens actually in the Caribbean because she's a dark-skinned woman. And the racial connotations that are associated with someone that's not Black, who is clearly not Black, Erica Mena, calling this dark-skinned Black woman a monkey, and a blue monkey at that, and then making no sounds. Her intent was real. However, this is the, the, the fallout of that is this, and I'm going to read this directly from Love & Hip Hop's page. The Love & Hip Hop franchise has never shied away from hard conversations in our community. Working hand-in-hand -hand with our partners, viewers will see the impact of Erica Mena's remarks play out in the final three episodes of the season, effective immediately. She will not appear in the next season of Love & Hip Hop Atlanta. That tells me two things, that Atlanta is coming back for another season, and number two, they immediately fired her ass from it. And I don't think once you, if it's like any other franchise, once you get fired from one of the franchises, she's not going to pop up like a Love & Hip Hop Miami or Love & Hip Hop Hollywood, or if they decide to bring back Love & Hip Hop New York. She's effectively gone. And if it's, if she's true to her word, like what she says, I hope she has some money in the bank because we know she can't sing. We knew that from Love & Hip Hop New York. She's not all that, she's older now, so I don't think she's going to get the glam shots or she hosts because she's crazy. 
and she's proven difficult to work with as her latest arrest. And she can't come back to anything within the Love and Hip Hop family as Phaedra Parks, or are they going to sit her down for several more years before they bring her back on something else, but not just this franchise. What do I think about it? I think about what I just heard Scrappy was remarks. He says he didn't know if it was real, but what did they expect? They basically, seems like they set her up, but she does not know how to read because I don't think she has that vocabulary and the smarts. She could have came back. Yes, Spice did hit her below the belt by mentioning her son. But instead of her coming back on some of her looks that she had when she looked like a feather and going hard in some other meaning, she went right to the racist slur. She went directly there. And knowing what Spice means to all of us and what she dealt with in previous seasons when she was trying to make it in America and the colorism thing. Why would she have gone there? I haven't really looked up any of the apology tour because racism to me is stupid. So I don't think she can say she just basically had those tendencies and when given the chance, she went to those tendencies. And it clearly demarks us uh, the difference between her and anyone that looks like her. That's what people that say they don't see color, that is a reason that they actually see it. They just don't know what to deal with it because it's too dumb. Same thing with the wig on Real Housewives of Atlanta and why I don't think Zosiac, the wig needs to be back. Therefore, Erica Mena and her sociopathic, untreated bipolar ass, she needs to be gone. And I get it. And they went hard. They basically, but they ain't stupid, the production staff. They taped it, her moment, her basic lowest moment, and then they're going to continue to capitalize on it. And she basically talked herself out of her own blessing. Girl, you're so stupid. But it's definitely entertaining. I can't wait to see these last episodes because they hooked it in. And they have done something that Real Housewives of Atlanta and that the whole franchise has not been able to. I call this the Vanderpump pivot because this is so salacious. This will give you the ratings that will keep your, your show coming back for seasons instead of people wondering why you don't either reboot or toot the whole franchise. I hope the Real Housewives of uh, Atlanta production took notes or that we're going to see a big shakeup in the production staff, people that are really doing their jobs to make sure they do real-time pivot when crap like this happens. Because this still will get you Emmys for real, for real. Did y'all watch this freaking foolishness? I have made it known the disappointment I have had with Real Housewives of Atlanta. And this reunion, I don't know what it is, but I got beef. Actually, I have beef with all of these women. I'm going to have to go back, and I'm going to have to read them one at a time. 
First, let me just start at the top. The host and executive producer of the show, Andy Cohen, you've allowed your under producers to play in our faces all season. It was obvious that there was not only a disconnect between the women that held peaches, but there was also a disconnect between production and these women. We got a whole bunch of contrived storylines. We let people not show up for work and do the work. And I've just been in comparison I've been re-watching previous seasons to figure why, I'm trying to get some type of clarity on why this season wasn't so atrocious and why we are only, we got 16 of the worst ep episodes I've ever watched in my life. And it's very disappointing. Even with Nene posing and looking like Zoolander, it was still better than the crap that is this show why are you going to allow somebody to be a full-time peach holder and they're really not showing the real details of their life so again how dare you play in our faces andy cohen and and let this stuff be published let's just start there a franchise that is arguably jump-started all other franchises and put Bravo on the map and y'all let this garbage be released. Okay? So, I'm fed up with y'all. Fed up with Bravo, fed up with Andy and them because this was dumb. And this reunion, first part of the reunion, and that's the other thing. Why are we going to have multi-part reunion when the show was such garbage? What do y'all have to showcase because the season was just that and it looks like you're gonna have drew sidora on doing what drew does worse lot she instead of y'all making a, a vanessa vanderpump pivot when her divorce was announced and all this other stuff was dropped you allowed her to photo and, and do act in Candy's play and not tell anything, no truths, nothing. And it would seem to be okay. I know you can't make people pay, but you don't get paid if you don't give me a no storyline. And what you allow people to present was so stupid. And I'm so, and I'm watching, again, watching a reunion and Basically, Drew saying, unless it's a lifetime or something else, she's not going to be able to work with the likes of Candy Burris. Well, fine, hell. Where were those? Is she getting an offer? Because I haven't seen her in anything aside from the past Candy's movie, Candy and Todd's movie, uh, and this show. She hasn't done anything since the game. She released one raggedy single. I don't know how it's doing because I can't, we can't believe her saying if the video 
is doing all that well, as well as the song. Is it getting streamed? Because I would love to see um, Nicki Minaj ask her that question, how Nicki Minaj basically grilled candy. Candy, it's on Real Housewives of Potomac. Called her to called her to the task, 30,000 streams just in the first couple of weeks. That's not a lot. We're talking about someone that when their a Barbie album drops and it has Nikki's uh, hook, it goes to millions. So can't believe anything she's saying. I don't hear, I haven't heard about any shout outs from the likes of the Nikki's and the Cardi. So I don't know. And for her to sit and fix her mouth that it's so beneath her to be on something because she has a minimum. She is a unionized actress and she can't take anything less than her minimum. Okay. I, I just don't understand it. Now, it seems like the check is cleared and she was on, she was given a great opportunity to further her career when it when was it really going anywhere? Because you, if y'all remember, recall from what was it last was it last season? Oh, actually, yeah, when they went to um, New Orleans, we haven't heard or I haven't seen anything of her acting abilities since New Orleans and until Candy's and Todd's production. So now you got sour grapes because you still aren't popping, only popping in your head. And you're going through a divorce and be, have all these accusations that you're not clearing up. That's weird. And you let that Courtney Ho, uh, cousin-in-law, drag you and be the puppet master for your husband who is still living in y'all's house. Why is this bitch ass still there? Could y'all explain that to me? Or do you not have anywhere to go because we knew how he was gaslighting you and trying and to get that house? So whose house is that name in and why is it, wasn't he made to get the hell out? So let's just start there. And why did you raise up on Courtney at the reunion when she was saying all this trash crap to you? We want to see something different where you basically forget that the cameras are rolling and you're not acting. And I'm not sure if we, the fans, even know who you are and still not understanding when you share nothing, when you're not being real and you're not, why are you still on this show? Why do you still have a peach? Let's just start there. And why is Courtney a friend of the show? Because she's a friend of the friend of the show, her and Marlo in cahoots. And she basically is continuing to be on the show as a mouthpiece for uh, Ralph. But the storylines are just so stupid. I can't believe I didn't talk about these when I was going off about who should stay or who should go. I don't want to give Marlo any more energy than she deserves. I think her assessment of the fashions were stupid. As I think I briefly mentioned her, that she her presence on that show and as a peach holder doesn't make sense without actual wives. So with Cynthia and Nene gone, 
Marlo's present doesn't make sense. If you want somebody that is willing to go below the belt and to be tear people down and to and truly is there some evidence that she may have been interfering in Kenya's marriage. It may be some evidence that she also, because she probably didn't like Drew, was interfering in Drew's and Ralph's marriage. So why is she on the show again? Except to be a villain and except to bring wrath and meanness and being low, a bottom bitch. I don't know. But I don't think she deserves a peach. They need to snatch that back or make Bellinis and get rid of it. I don't want to invite any bad juju with Sonya Richards Ross. Uh, I like her husband, who is fine in his older age. I'm interested in finding out how her mom stays so fine and young. And same with her dad. And what does a retired track star do? And also, Ducey, what? Now he's calmer. I don't know if they have more Ritalin or now he's just older and he's calmed down. But he was actually kind of funny, funny little kid. I'm very much interested in possibly seeing her service arc, but she does not need to be with old Usury Sheree and Mumbling Marlowe. They need to work that out. I remember a scene from P Valley where it was the end, it was the last dance of Miss Mississippi and Maine and uh, what's Brandy? Mercedes, the Mercedes character were looking and watching her dance. They were like, she's dancing like this. It's her last dance. And, and Mercedes was like, yeah, I think it is. But this reunion made me dislike Sheree even more. Does that make sense? And I'm not understanding why she was allowed to come back as a full-time peach holder with this nonsense. So this is what I see. She was looking really puffy in the face in the after show and looks like she had gotten some fillers overdone because she was looking like she was on the Kim train. And I have disliked everything that she's done. The trip to Portugal, the um, old school, what are they called? Uh, and with those the three women that nobody remembers, Lisa Wu, that other girl, that all, and, and all of them are divorced. And how she is a vicious person. She showed out, literally was showing her butt. She didn't look good in that dress. 
looks like, and it was looked like there were some more opportunities that her Spanx was riding up on her. And she, just like she said, I think it was in season 10, Sheree is only loyal to Sheree and to Kim. And that's the other thing. Why does she keep bringing the wig back on this show? She doesn't have, the wig doesn't have a place on the show. She got kicked off the show when all of the, everybody refused to film until they got her in line. And when she couldn't get her in line, she was offered, the white girl was offered a spinoff show that stayed on for a number of years and they still stayed on Real Housewives. She wouldn't have had the exposure and even be able to showcase her idiotic husband and her baby kids if it hadn't been for Real Housewives of Atlanta. Never been grateful for it. She can't understand why she's the most misunderstood because we completely understood your vapid, stupid ass talking about both of them, Sheree and the wig. Now, Sheree came on, came out hot talking about, and it's, and I don't know what is going on. Why Marlo, they, and, and also Candy said this, why Marlo and Sheree thinks Candy has to do so and give so much, blah, 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 blah. And they have, she has a whole She News dedicated to talking about her restaurant and um, the her store tags. And they both are coming at her heart. It's like they are envious of her continued success. Even to the point where Escape, even Drew was in on it. Because Drew came at her hard. And we know won't start one, won't be none. But, and she finished it. She literally came after her store, even with She by Sheree being in some mess. Because, again, the website's always down. And the fashions that she actually has or were showcased on that runway are not even available. That's what Candy said. She was like, why are you coming after me? At least she has the right to sell all of the fashions that are in her store, let alone she by Sheree ain't she by she ain't nothing. She ain't doing nothing. And then she was with this Martel dude that is threatening revenge porn. She doesn't seem to care and asking people to cash app because he broke as a joke. Got Bob showing up at the sip and see, which I thought was dumb. That was so contrived. They looked, I was looking at that little girl and that and how they were making such a big deal out of it. I wonder if Sheree had paid for all the bills on that. It was again, it was contrived. I again I would have wanted to see the opening of Kenya Moore's boutique hair care company, the brick and mortar shop than seeing that BS because that was just for one night. The Portugal trip was just for four days. What it, What is anything of substance that we can see? I wanted to see more of Old Lady Gang because that food show be looking good. I wanted to see um, the par after party when um, Thoughts of a Black Man rapped and the piano lesson rapped, her being at the Tonys. 
have followed that. I wanted to see more of that kind of stuff, not this crazy stuff, the OG's uh, dinner where Lisa Wu and that other girl, the wig and Sheree, all bunch of phony bitches that were all about them and don't really care about anybody. We all know that Sheree is only loyal to Sheree. So her prancing, having a full haterade, six-page layout, all going off about candies and her store and her restaurants, which are all still open, which the uh, tags is still doing well. Um, but you doing what? You on the couch sitting like a fan, just basically trying to nitpick at her because of her success. It's like you're envious of her success. Instead of just giving her props, you are denigrating yourself by hating on her, trying to get her to react. And your dress is ugly. I hate the corset. It makes you look crazy, but at least the puffiness has gone out of your face because you were looking real dumb and really um, Simpson-like for a minute. So I am going to do my Kenya and Candy OG reads or OG comments together. Let's just start with Kenya's look. I don't know. It looks like she may have gotten some Restylane injections in her lips or her face is just, yeah, her face is just a lot smaller because I'm looking back at this lunch and I'm thinking she has lost a significant amount of weight. So it accentuates her already uh, startling features. And I don't really like this look. It looks, I think if her boobs were closed up, it's just too much. It's a lot going on on this dress. And I'm not sure if this is one of her best looks because Kenya Moore has some lurks. This is just not one of them. I'm also aware because I had listened to both parts of her interview with Carlos King. And I realized that there was a lot of favoritism going on because I'm sure she was hypercritical of some of the production choices of this current production crew. And for that, we didn't see a lot of her storyline. I would have loved to see more with little Brooklyn, who are Brooklyn, who is her own persona. I can't call her Mark Jr. I can't call her Kenya Jr. because this little girl radiates love. I would have loved to see more of the interaction between Brooklyn and Kenya because that relationship seemed to be most genuine. And same thing with Candy and Ace and even with, with Candy Jr. Because that's who little Blaze looks like. So I was just, we were robbed of some rich storylines. We were robbed of the opening of Kenya's salon. We were robbed of the expansion of Kenya Moore Hair Care. There was just so much that they could have done with Kenya. 
but they chose not to. So they focused on these contrived storylines. This is the same thing that happened with Real Housewife of Potomac. Instead of focusing on the real, they focused in on this BS that did a number on the show and the fans are tired of it. The, you know, in all honesty, and yeah, I, I granted, I am a Candy Burris fan for a reason. I like her hustle. I like the way that she's doing all these things. She's had a rich and sustainable life after escape. She came on this platform, maximized it, not to the level of the Kim Kardashians, but she's kind of right up there. She's gotten her brand. She's done her thing. She's made some moves. And this is all from a woman from College Park that she didn't even graduate from college, but she has rich life experiences. And with all of her experiences and ups and downs, she's done extremely well. Her look, out of all of these hoes, her look was the best of everyone. I don't agree with, I don't agree with, uh, even with Sheree and her loud mouth and her prancing around like she's on one because she's doing her last performance. Because if they offer her a contract to come back, somebody, she's screwing somebody in production. That's the way I feel. Sheree doesn't deserve to come back. Marlo and all of her Ozembic don't need to come back because she doesn't make sense without Nene or um, Cynthia. Definitely that Courtney Hope don't need to come back. Monietta should come back because of Candy. I think if they gave her, if they figure out who she needs to interact with and she, if she can be like a turn up queen like Shamia was, but she won't be, I don't, I wouldn't understand if they bring her back, not with Candy or somebody else within the Candy Coated Click or as part of the Candy Coated Click. I don't, I still don't understand. I think a lot of the animosity a lot of the other women show against Candy is because they hate her for being able to capitalize on her game and being able to highlight her talent. She's an entertainer, a business person, and she's consistently been successful. She said it on this episode that tax has been up, but I didn't realize for 14 years and she's still doing her thing, but yet, um, Sheree is using it and they're highlighting her hateration that at least you can still get, she still has product available and she by she ain't selling nothing is hating her for it. And it's highlighting this crap mentality that most African-Americans know is within our community. But haters gonna hate. I would continue to be successful just to give them the haters more to hate for. And that's what Candy has done consistently in all of her seasons. She's, her and Kenya are the true OGs of this store. And even Kenya and her success, even though she does not get the same exposure, she still has been able to open up her salon. She still added on to it, a loft, she said. She still is expanding uh, Kenya Moore hair care. I'm waiting for her next line. I think a, a children's twirl line, 
featuring her daughter is next, is next. If she could work out this mess with her soon, hopefully soon to be ex-husband. But she is doing the thing. She's looking good. I think she got a tight girdle on because she's sitting to the side and forward. But her waist is looking snatched, but I think it's, her waist is stenched in. So she looks kind of uncomfortable. But, but Courtney, and oh, I already said this. I don't think Drew needs to come back in any iteration of Real Housewives. But I'm sure she's going to consider herself an OG because she lasted three, three seasons. Well, we can say that with Eva Marcel. I can see them bringing Eva back versus bringing um, Drew back because she doesn't, Drew doesn't make sense. But if they would utilize the storylines, oh, of the real storylines and successes of both Candy and Kenya, I could see them making and getting to know them and being it. And if they would want to share that part, if they can share that part, then fine. But I'm going to say this with both of them. If they're going to be unable to show up to work and, sh and share the nitty gritty details about themselves, then they don't need to be offered a peach either. Because that's what I, I did see. I, Kenya is, has been very secretive from her marriage to Mark Daly, even with Brooklyn's birth. And Candy has been doing so many things. She's barely been able to show up to events for filming because she said she bit off too much more than she can, she can chew. So if she is unwilling now to share the trill and the real details of her life, then what are we doing here? And why do you have a peach? And maybe you do need to be recast. But if you're willing to share those things, cool. But if you're not, maybe you need to be redone too. And this is me speaking as a fan. I have nothing against them. I I'm really stands for both of those women. But if they're not really willing to share those details in a real storyline, even down to Roy, because she, because even Kenya was hinkety about him. And I said I would want to see more Brooklyn, but if you can't or want to protect her, I get it. But what are we doing? And why y'all still on the show? Just saying. And that's it for this episode of Tenfro is Reading. You know, I talked cash-ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that haters. I may take it on the road if I get hint hint sponsorship. Navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms and it may just get you on my show. 2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend and thank you for listening.